want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Ah, Few Good Men. One of my old man's favorite films. What up, motherfuckers? It's, it's, it's Nate on the mic. Can you handle the truth? Uh, I got a treat for you today. It's another conversation with a, a good friend of mine. Uh, a strong and powerful voice of reason to me. His name is Frank. And quite frankly, he's a truth spitter. He's well informed. He's got his feet firmly planted on planet Earth. Uh, which, you know, which is not what can be said for many people of our fellow Homo sapien species. Uh, he's always a good time. He fucking hates Donald Trump, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and you'll hear that from the get-go. I, uh, uh, I simply wanted to know, what's wrong with the world today? And soon we're into a discussion of moral values, attitudes, the ever-dynamic relations between men and women. Uh, as well as the unusual wave of young people that are coming through. Uh, and will undoubtedly be shaping the very future of the planet we live on. So, you know, well, that's until we're on Mars and beyond the stars. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you can handle some truth. Alright, Frankie. We're live, mate. <laughs> What's wrong with the world, Frank? Live and dangerous. <laughs> well... <laughs> What is it wrong with the world these days? You, you see... You see some... Things that suspend disbelief. If we were looking at this maybe five... Five years ago... You know, in the... In that proverbial... You know, in a glass sort of defining now... Um, you know, how our future would turn out. I think we'd all be relatively shocked with what we see today. Yeah. Right, you, you see a madman, you know, and his ascension to, you know, the presidency, which is frightening. And, and the undertones that have sort of followed that, that, that have preceded that. What preceded it? Well, I think it's given rise to the narrative of the crazies out there. A bunch of deplorables. You know, we're talking people who are actively and open, openly racist. Yeah. You know, who, who seek to resolve issues of and conflict with violence, violence amongst their own fellow countrymen, for God's sake. I see America as like the reality TV show of the, of the planet. Mm. And unfortunately, everyone does watch, whether you want to admit it or not, people are watching that fucking country. And mm. I think of us Australians and we are... We're all the way down here we're good. We're safe. We can do our own thing. But we don't. We just follow suit. Yep. And it's like, what's coming out of that place is way too loud. It's way too loud and it, and it somehow broadcasts itself around the world and, and, it, and it hits us. It hits our consciousness anyway. But more importantly, what message does that send to the greater public? To the world even? Well, you, in your text earlier, you, you brought up role models and Mm-hmm. I mean, again, if that's the most accessible, every day he's on the news. Every day he can't take a shit we don't know about. He's a, he's a walking headlock. And unfortunately, people—not just people—a large po percentage of them, as we know, because they voted for him. A, a large, large enough. If I might add, a large enough 
percentage, but he didn't get a majority. What but do you mean? He, because he didn't actually receive a complete majority of the vote. The Electoral College is a system whereby if you get 50.01% of Texas, for example, Texas is equivalent to 34 votes. You don't get a proportionate of 50.1%. You get all, like let's say Texas is worth 34 votes. If you get 50.01, you get all 34 votes. That's so fucked, so yeah. fundamentally the system's flawed, but I'm sure, again, for another time. They're fucked. But in terms of role models, like people do look up to this guy. People, f- he's got a following and it's not just him, it's what he represents. And you brought up role models. If that's who people are going to follow, then I'm fucking scared for what's coming. Mm. Who, who is a good role model then? That's obviously not him. Who is a good role model? Ooh. Who is one of your role models? As a kid, go back to when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was a, he was a, who was a model that made you want to be a good man? I'd say John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi, why? No, no, music aside, music aside, the fact that he used his wealth, his celebrity, and, you know, his vast accumulation of wealth that he's, you know, accumulated over a long period of time to give back to the community. You know, many people don't know, he actually has soup kitchens that he feeds the homeless. And he's got that networked all over regions, all over the country of the the US. You know, people who use their name for good. For me, is something that, personally, I'm drawn to. Yes, definitely. Why? Because I am too. I'll tell you why after you say Well, because I think part of the human experience is to give back yeah it's the sort of love and embrace our fellow man and you know I'm not, I'm not saying you know invited him in and letting him sleep in our house but <laughs> you know to, I think to help one another should be a fundamental sort of I suppose contract of our existence yeah and it's something that should be taught and valued it's mm. not valued helping people isn't valued I feel like no no it's extremely undervalued that's right you can I don't know how you feel out in society or out in the street. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the people around you are ready to be nice? Or are they no. looking down at their phone? Are they in single file? They've got their head down? It's like no one's ready to engage. I mean, we've got fucking... Yeah. We've got uh, on the train. I get the train every day to work. And we've got a, a, a no-speaking carriage. A quiet carriage. A quiet carriage. Yeah. Literally a... A setting that promotes people to not look at each other, not talk to each other, which is fair enough. Not everyone wants to be social. Well, firstly, my thoughts of the quiet carriage. Um, I can sort of see where you're coming with it, but on the flip side, I've been inundated with noise constantly. Uh, like, uh, personally, I wouldn't mind 20 minutes of quiet <laughs> time. Right? And that's just me. Yeah. Right? You know, sometimes I, you know, I just listen to music quietly. You know, I don't want to hear what some girl and her friends did on the weekend. <laughs> you know, quite frankly, I'm not interested in all the dramas that, you know, someone with a boyfriend had. You know, and, and that's their personal business and that's all good and well. Right? But um, with regards to people not helping each other, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I see it firsthand myself. You know, mind you, this is only anecdotal, but you see a person fall down an escalator. And people are walking over him. No way. 
oh yeah, and it was. You don't know whether to laugh or cry because it it was it was so funny that it was so sad. Like it was it was terrible to see. You know, and, and God, you know, like you see it in the workplace. You, you you see it even you know, suppose commuting. Even as you're saying, people don't. It just seems like people don't give a shit about their fellow man anymore. Yeah, people are sort of entrenched in their own individual pursuit, and everyone else can go get, you know, expletive. Do you think that's because of the rise of what I want to call negative role models? Like this, this fucking dude, and I guess what he represents. And I guess, I guess it's almost pop. It's a little bit popular to be, oh, to be outspoken and brash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, I, I think it's 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 exacerbated. I think it's always been present, especially in the last, you'd say. As far as I've been, I've been able to observe in the last ten to fifteen years. But I think it has exacerbated since his, you know, his sort of ascension to power. Yeah, because that's what he fundamentally represented versus his equal and opposite, which was these fucking blue tie, number crunching, fucking economy driven, soulless apparatchiks. What's the, what does that mean? They're all like lemmings, you know, all driven for that, you know, like they don't give a shit about the values. What's it called? They're, they're sort of after their own personal gain and how much money they can make over the greater good Again, that the role that the role presumes. It's the, the lack of care for the fellow man, but that's at the, the degree of policy making. Yes, and if absolutely. And if that's their character, I think a lot about policy making, which is weird because I don't care about rules in the slightest, but... I appreciate that they f- do form frameworks that are followed by the masses. And then I think about the caliber of the person who's in those positions and mm-hmm. the ripple that that has throughout society, the country, the world. And again, I've got to go back to those, those role models because I, I, no one appointed these. These people are in power and historically, I don't know, People who deserve the status of being admired, I always thought were people who did something good or deserved yes. it. Like here, le- legitimately, the word hero comes to le- comes to mind. Mm-hmm. What happened to heroes, man? What happened to heroes? <laughs> Firstly, oh, I think in the past years the term heroes have sort of been trivialised. We use the term heroes for our Very reality. loosely. Absolutely. And brave. I find the word brave is thrown around pretty loosely. Oh, yeah. So Kim Kardashian braved the paparazzi today. I mean, for fuck's sake. Right. And the term hero, I mean, again, you know, let, let, let me ride on the Kardashian train. Go for it, man. I but, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're waiting for this. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, um, again, pe- people sort of aspire these guys to be their heroes. Yeah. And then you think to yourself, what innate qualities do these people have that is so attractive? Like, it, it draws you in. Like, what? What is it? I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I do think of, I don't think of that woman a lot. I just think of what she represents. And I have to. I don't want to think about her. I don't want to think about her as, but I see billions of her clones around. Which means, she's obviously doing something that is, admired 
buying. I I I, I didn't get women today. How so whatever prison challenge. Yeah, man. Fuck out, fucking out. How how are Kim Kardashian has a attractive values, but no, they're no, not. No, let me re- yeah, let me rephrase. What people perceive to be attractive. So what got in in? What's your idea of attractive then? Not a woman, just a person. Because attraction is a very superficial word. Oh, it is very superficial. But it, it literally does mean have an affinity for, or have a respect for, or have uh, some, yeah, admiration for. So what ultimately? What, what would attract you? Ultimately, people who are empathetic, who see a cause bigger than something for their own personal gain, because it's all easy and well to sort of look after yourself, you know, and you know, just sort of forget about what goes on on the wayside. But I think ethically, if we're in a position better than others, we do have our responsibility, even our moral duty to sort of help those around us. And especially in, 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 in conditions like we see today where you see you see some really nasty stuff going. You, you see, you know, more people are homeless now than there were before. Mm. You know, you see people who are, who scrape, you know, scrape the barrel just to put food on the table that, you know, live week to week to, to cover their rent. Mm. So these people, even, you know, there are other people who don't even fit the category of homeless but are on the verge. The times are tough and, and I really think our attention should be focused there. Yes. Attention. I like that. Because, all right. What do you think is getting too much attention now? Too much attention now is sort of on this, look at me, I'm fantastic. It's this boastful sort of culture. It's this culture where, it's again, it's all about self-advertising and self-appraisal. Which sort of tends to, pardon the, pardon the, um, the phrase, but trump all. <laughs> right? And again... I think fundamentally it comes down to values. Yeah. Right. What as a society do we value? What do you, what what do you think should be valued? Well, what I think should be value is charity, empathy. Sort of, um, you know, again looking looking out for those who are, I suppose, uh, you know, less off than us. Sparing a thought for those people. I agree with the the boastful. The boastful attitude, and like today, I was I was looking at a, a young guy, probably very a bit younger than me, on the train, and he had like. He was dressed well, probably too well for his age, might I add. I don't know about you, but I always thought that like if I was gonna wear a suit, like I have to deserve it. You know what I mean? I gotta work for it. I gotta have like be in a position for it. And I see yeah. these like little young guns, and I just think I mean I'm young, but I. I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want to appear flashy because I value not drawing attention to myself. No. That's the opposite, and I. I blame social media. Obviously, that's the easiest easiest thing. You're not on social media, are you? Like, I I, you I, a... I, I dabble. I only dabble and do because if I was to, if I was to have a full and proper sort of um, engagement with it, I'd probably go mad. Well, by logical extension, do you think people who do more than dabble are mad? What people have been sort of fed 
sort of reflects their value set, which even shapes it. So to a degree, yes, social media does have its part to play. Again, this is something that is very worrisome for me personally, because I mean, I see it firsthand. I mean, I have a, I have a younger sister, I have, you know, younger girl cousins and I have a girlfriend, you know, and many other friends who are girls and body image and the way in which that's presented in social media, I find that extremely worrisome. I've, uh, it's funny, Frank, because no woman's going to fucking believe you saying that, but I am the same. Like, they all think that we love this shit. I see it too, man. I see mm. these fucking, I commented on some dumb bitch's photo the other day. She had a, she had, she was in a thong and in a mirror and her fat ass was showing. It wasn't even a good one, it was just a dumb fat ass. And she had a quote. And it was wasn't a good one. It was sorry. It was it was loosely philosophical. And I, I just said, um, photo and text aren't congruent, <laughs> which means person posting is likely not congruent. I got lambasted by so many girls and guys for saying that. I don't think I should be. Do they even know what the term congruent meant? No, I don't think so, man. No, I don't think they would have either. But it's like, it's like even the voice of reason, which it was, it, that's truth. You can't deny that that's truth. You can't post a picture of an ass without saying, the only caption you should post when you put your ass up is, this is my ass. I'm sure you can add some rap line that mentions ass yeah, as well. Yeah, drop it like it's hot, I don't know. Whatever it may be, but... In order to... <laughs> but if you're posting a philosophical quote and it's not like a fucking sunset or something in nature... Fuck off. The very fact that you're posting your ass and trying to justify it with some philosophical with some philosophical quote juxtaposes the reason why you did it in the first place. Philosophy... But she gets like a thousand likes. Philosophy is the concept of forward thinking. It's not for the quote. Of intelligence. Now tell me, what was intelligence? What was intelligent about posting your ass and letting the whole world see? Hey, lady, tell me. <laughs> well, I want an answer to be honest with you. We'll never get it. I don't think I don't, they I, know the answer. I don't think they have the capacity. If they're posting their ass on Instagram, I don't think they have the capacity to even answer questions. Not even to know the consequences. Not even to know the. Not even to know the fact that whenever you post on Facebook, and this is something for people out there, if you actually listen. <laughs> Is that whatever you post is the pr- is the property of Facebook? You sign your rights away the moment you made an account. Whatever you post is their property. It means it's not going away ever. Is that right? Absolutely. It, that's right. So whatever these idiots may be posting, when you're forty five years old, or, or when you're is... going for that important job, or when your kids are online. Yeah. They're going to see that shit. Well, it's, it's at least going to be accessible if someone was going to do the digging. I'd rather it not be accessible at all. Like, uh, Yeah, well, wait. As soon as you make an account, you've just signed your rights away. And that's another thing people have got to realise. That they don't. They're too caught up in, the, uh, in that quick gratification, in that, in that social stimulation, which is, isn't even real. Yeah, we're not we're not seeking gratification in deeds and I suppose broadening our perspectives or you know trying to further enhance our knowledge in you know 
in issues that matter in society. No. We're looking for a quick instant, quick fix from cyber world, from people that don't know us, only the facade that we project. Oh, how I hate social media. You hate it, mate. I'm there with no, you, man. As, as, in its current state, I hate it. Yeah. So what, what, what would you say is a platform of social media that could facilitate what we know to be social? Engage in social issues. Inform people Great of the injustices man. that go on. That's that. I hadn't even thought about that, and that is the first time I've ever heard anything like that. And that I think it should be the only. It, it should be that what you just said, plus the the ability to facilitate actually physically meeting up with people. That's what hmm. a social form of media should be. Not. It shouldn't be the primary form of communication between human beings, and it shouldn't be the go-to. I don't think it should be about anything about the individual. It should be about social social issues. Mm. Oh yeah, nothing that promotes being an individual. The only thing that should promote being an individual is being a fucking individual. You in your fucking meat suit. Mm. We're probably going to get ridiculed by our fellow gentlemen, but. But is there actually? Did anyone ask for that? Like I didn't ask when I when social media came about. I wasn't like hanging out for this ease of access to um, full on naked women. I actually mm. wasn't, and I didn't. I still don't need it in my life. I don't follow any of those fucking pages. No, it's. it's grossly unnecessary but and, and the one that came up the other day was a, was a sponsored post which means that this girl was paying money so her ass was more accessible to everyone else that's fucked up mm. that's going back to that boastful like and it, what she values if she values her ass like that's that's her call to fame that's what she wants to be known for that's a fucking worry but, no, but again I, I think she's purely reacting to okay the social forces at play right the if in these little, you know, in this context, people who see she sort of surrounds herself with, or who she looks up to, would consider a, a post like that to be currency, to be so sort of social currency to make her be perceived as being more valuable, or even just like them, right? For me, this is just a sad reflection of that society and that group's expectations. But the problem is social media has a wide and far-reaching, um, I suppose, following. Is I think growing more and more so, it, it is reflective of the values that have been, what's it called, advertised out there. What are some expectations that you think society is uh, basically structuring for? We'll, 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 we'll go with women and then men. What about what's women first? Because women are in a pretty tough spot right now. Oh no, they are. And I don't know. I, I'll be the first to say I feel for them. Yeah, I, I know. Really do. And again, no one will fucking believe that, but mm. fucking believe it is what I'm saying. Because uh, I don't know. I think men have a pretty some men. Well, you and I do. I know you and I do. Mm. Have a pretty good sense of fair play, and you know. At the moment, there's not much holding us back from doing what we want. 
And I genuinely do want to see everyone winning. I do want to see that. And like, it needs to be coming a bridging, a bridging mm-hmm. between the individual and society. There's like nothing that empowers the individual to be a worthwhile contributor to society. And then there's society which offers no structures for the individual to flourish, grow, experiment, try something new. It's not an equal platform. And like, we're we're supposed to be living in a world of equality. Well, that's the, again, that's the big word that's been thrown around now, but we're fucking far from equal. And it's the perceived notion. Well, why is it the word then? And why is that being thrown around? Because what, what, what's the end game? Not entirely. What's the end game? Hardcore equality can never occur. Simply because there are just far too many biological barriers that impede one another from ever achieving what's called hardcore purist equality. We can achieve forms of equality. Right? What's a, well, how so? What's a form of equality? Like in terms well, of like, in, like job equality, right? Oh no, absolutely. Job, job equality. I mean, again, and, and with job equality, I mean, the idea equal pay for equal work. Um, I suppose women being considered for the same jobs as men as well. For me, that's extremely important because ultimately it should be a meritocracy. Merits. Yes. And even so far as to say when it comes to particular facets in life, that gender be completely disregarded from the issue. Interesting. Like what? What is the fact? Because... Like, for example, if you're hiring someone for, you know, a particular job. Outside of any manual labour, which, because... Again, you know, I'm probably going to get chastised for this and that. But for me, the idea is that men, given, you know, their levels of testosterone and physical ability, are probably more inclined to do things that are of a laborious nature. Right? And challenge me if anyone will out there. (laughs) And I'm sure there will be people that will challenge me, you know, and I encourage that to be the case. Because it, it, it gets you to the next stage. Absolutely. And people should be encouraged to, to challenge and to break these barriers. But essentially, you know, equality, you know, forms of equality can be achieved. Right? But for me, above all, is that in a lot of these situations, gender should sort of just be put to the side. It should be a pure meritocracy out there. And when I say... When I talk about equality, I'm not talking about filling up gender quotas for particular positions, mm. right? Which is sort of what happens now. And that isn't, that isn't equality by any means. That's pseudo-equality. <laughs> That's Diet Coke equality. <laughs> no, I'm serious, it is. And you see it branded around everywhere. You know, we need to have women to fill these roles. Why? <laughs> Equally, why should men fill these roles? Yeah. It should be the best possible candidate yeah. at the, on the best given day. Right, that and that is equality, giving everyone equal chance. Equal chance. Equal chance, exactly. Opportunity. Not outcome. Outcomes outcomes in outcome at the end of the day is reliant on the individual and their abilities to handle the pressure of that job interview and to carry out the tasks that have been put forward to them after that. It's got nothing to do whether you have an XY chromosome or a double X chromosome. That is entirely <laughs> reliant on the individual. And that for me boils my blood. Because you've got these supposed champions of equality out there who aren't really champions of equality. No, what, well, what are they then? 
good. I, I almost feel like they're they're radical something else. They're extremists something else. They're not even extreme. They're, they're bedwetters. They're just idiots, I think. They're just like the, if I have to give a word, I think they're just fucking idiots. They're short-sighted idiots. Yes, again, again, these are the same people based on their ideology of, you know, filling up quotas and, you know, at least so they can all clap their hands and say we have X amount of women and X amount of blokes. They're the same people that put a band-aid over a gaping wound. Okay, it may look it may look as if you've done something in the meantime, but fundamentally it doesn't achieve anything. And if anything, it just creates social disenfranchisement. Mm. People are socially disenfranchised when you see things like that. Even, you know... And I'll delve a bit further when people, you know, when you have people who are trying to um, engage in minority quotas. It's not their place, is it? It's not their place. You're not Mother Teresa. <laughs> Your job is to hire someone, period. Although it may be good if someone has an opportunity to apply for the job, that's fantastic. And I mean, and I'm, you know, I encourage people of all creeds, disadvantages, advantages, gender, race, whatever. To do your work, work your ass off, and be and work to get to that position. Such a, a such a message that is lost today. It's I feel like the message today is let's just boost every let's just boost everyone. And if you keep saying that, but, but, we're, but we're artificially boosting. That's well, you're not. Yeah, that's right. You're not even boosting in the way that you're not even empowering. Right. No. The one thing you try to do, you you still fucking up. And I just think. That message, too too much of that message, we're going to be further, we're going to get further and further away from that merit system, or at least the individual isn't going to be thinking that he or she has to do anything hard, or that they're just going to, it's just, they, they, they can do 30% of the work and expect society to do the rest, or or mm. whatever, or whatever these structures are to do the rest, and I'm not thinking about us now because I think now we're pretty fucked anyway. But I'm thinking about us in ten years, twenty years, thirty. Years. I'm thinking about our generations to come and like if this is the salient rhetoric that's is allowed to keep going. Are people gonna be empowered to be individuals ever again? Or no, they... and we've already seen the first evidence of it. Tell Trump's me. election. Okay, Explain. because it was the first time I'd say since. It's really been the first time that anyone's really sort of tried to challenge political correctness at a broad reaching level. It's because people are fed up. This whole notion of political correctness that, you know, we need X amount of men, X amount of women, we need. It doesn't encourage merit. It doesn't encourage the notion of hard work. It doesn't encourage any sort of. It devalues your own motivations to succeed. Ah, oh, okay. So you're saying that someone who is merit-based could be sitting around watching these people who are non-merit-based excel or get ahead based on... I don't, I don't want to say like circ circumstances that are out of their control, but like again, that that's their reinforcement. That's their feedback. And they just think, well, it doesn't work. Mm. Hard work doesn't work. What works is, or I don't know, fitting into one of the pigeonholes fitting into that, one of the that pigeonhole. people find desirable. That's right. It's like so they can all clap their hands that they've, that they've done something for society. <laughs> I've been in workplaces where, where that's the case, and 
I'm a hard worker. I prefer to do hard work, and I want my work to speak for, speak for me. That Absolutely. is how I want to be known. I want my work to speak to me. Mm. I don't want my image or my relations or my brand. It's bullshit. Mm. Hard. I was always taught that. I know you were too. I, I think that's just part of our like. I don't know. The migrant story, you know what I mean? They just yeah. they came here and they just worked their ass off. They gave everything away. Our upbringing, our values, yeah, and essentially what's sort of been our foundation force. I want to talk. I want to. I do want to talk about our parents' generation and and even our grandparents' generation mm-hmm. because that I feel like there was a big wave, and then there was a big wave of settlement, and now there is another wave going to come. And I think the migrant story is beautiful. I think the, I think the story of migration. That's why I don't get when like that's why I don't get racism because. People are nomadic. We are nomadic by nature. We want to move around. To think that we're just going to stay in one spot forever is absurd. No, so the, the concept of a nation state is only... It's only been in existence for 200 years. I think people need to... And again, people don't know that. The idea that we're all homogenous and... Yeah, we're Australian. Or even, you know, <laughs> rule Britannia or... Viva la France. Yeah. These were only concepts that have been drawn out in the last 200 years. I don't understand nationalism. In the, I, like, I am Australian. I Respectfully, and I'm definitely opening up myself to condemnation here, but I only really identify as an Australian when I'm abroad because I realise how Australian I am. Otherwise, I consider myself just a Loader, man. I, I, uh, mm. I've, I've had the privilege of being able to travel a lot, mm-hmm. and that's when I realise I'm Australian, because I'm saying things like, "Yeah, nah," and then I got some like English guy going, "Well, which one is it?" And I go, "Oh, oh, what? It means doesn't matter. I don't know what. What the fuck are you talking about? Because they don't get that was the colloquialism, and that's yeah. when I kind of realise where I've come from. And, and to people, to, for people to be so tied to their nation." I get that. Their, their heritage is different. Heritage and tradition and culture is different than your... I mean, today, your nation? I think, what's it called? It's a concept which is, I think, more or less fading with time. I think, anyway, given the nature of the global economy and even the fact that, you know with media and smartphones, the fact that we can reach someone overseas at the touch of a button. You know, we're not essentially just one, I mean, there's not the feel that we're just one nation anymore. No way. We're just a series of interconnected groups or individuals in and amongst a bigger playing field. Definitely. Right. Um, So, however, you still do get your enclaves, of the nationalists who are trying to preserve every last facet of what they perceive to be traditional culture or well, I agree with defined tra- culture. I agree with tradition, but I think tradition and culture and historical, even indigenous cultures, I, I, I've never really understood why pretty much all, every indigenous culture on the planet has just been fucking pummeled into the ground. But, but I don't get that because... They might be like the 
the original secret keepers. They, these are the people that actually know shit about this planet. So why don't why aren't they venerated? Why aren't they honored? Why aren't they uh, colonialism? Oh, what do you mean? Just because that's not popular? No, colonialism is the sense that you get you have one group of people, then you get a group of stronger people that come in and just disregard everything that you guys have done for the last 40,000 years and wipe you out. And in doing so, trying to, you know, eliminate your culture, your language and anything that you may have considered to be sacred prior. I don't understand that because if you're different to me, then you know something I don't know. And I would rather know and celebrate that difference and hence learn from it. And off. that's that's the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. Learn and integrate. Integrate two yeah. worlds, basically. Yeah. And then create something even better for yes. both of you, independently and dependently. You, everyone's a winner. It's win-win. How, how did it get to a stage where, it was, where it's lose-lose so easily? Human involvement, that's how. I think it goes beyond that. I, I think... Um... Fear. Fear? Fear's a big part. I think fear's a major driver in a lot of these decisions. Fear of the other. Fear of the other. Fear of the others. You know, and that's where people sort of brandy around that term, that term of nationalism. They're just scared. Well, and then, and then, I mean, look, look at the propaganda efforts in World War One and Two. What is it? Nationalism was branded around more than ever. You know, creating this sense of national pride that we must defend ourselves against the evil Germans or the evil Japanese. That wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. But nationalism, I think, is used when people who see the world in that light, I suppose, are come across, you know, come, uh, what's it called? come across what they see to be a crossroads in their in their ideology migration for example you know when um, you know, when you had the first wave of european migrants that came in the 50s and 60s you know it was an us versus them mentality they challenged what was considered to be the conservative ideal of this is us this is who we are who are these people they're challenging it it draws people closer towards nationalism. It draws, and again, it's its main driver is fear. And fear is the biggest part in all of this. Even Trump's America. Again, I draw Trump's America. The global economy is brought about fearing these people, even though. How would I say this? You know, Mexicans taking other people's. You know, the claim that Mexicans are taking other people's jobs. Again, it brings about fear. Probably because they know that work is merit-based. They yeah. fucking workers, man. I yeah. respect that. <laughs> and funnily workers enough, fat lazy cunts. Yeah, and funnily enough, in the Midwest, when they decided to try and um, deport all the Mexicans, the, the the rural the rural center of America was going bankrupt. Quite simply, because they didn't find enough labor to accommodate <laughs> for all those losses. Hypocrisy. Which is the grandest hypocrisy of all. Yeah, man. So you govern by fear, but you get fucked in the ass. <laughs> so it just goes. Excited. But again, it just goes to show that 
you know, to govern and rule by fear or to create, you know, to sort of center the, um, what's it called? To center the dialogue or the, um, the narrative around fear is a, it's a bad policy. And I guess that's what Trump truly personifies is uh, a leader who is ruling by fear and, and doing so well. Yeah. And, but so how come people are responding to it? That does that mean we're attracted to, to that bully fear strategy? If we can all see it and everyone seems to be talking about it, mm. why is it now? Why is it continuing? And why is it perpetuating? And how come it's not slowing down? You thought that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back, but Trump, yeah, possibly. However, I think it's because again, well, essentially, I mean, there's not just one quick answer for it. It's rather multifaceted. Um, well, if you look at it, the whole, I suppose, shift against meritocracy could have brought this about as well. Trying to fill in quotas when you see so many hardworking people have their efforts blatantly ignored just to fill minority quotas. I don't know about you, but that would piss me off. Yeah. You know, thousands of dollars to get a degree, work your way up and not be considered for a promotion because some guy has an ethnic background different to mine. Well, the fact that my rival or my rival in applying for the position had a vagina. But but they'll argue history, which is... Oh, I don't know. History is history now. So now is, I feel like, the, the climate where... Look, except, except for women, truthfully, they s- still don't really... I don't know, man. I, like I said, like I know you said you feel for him. I feel for him too. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what more we can do. I don't know what more as men we can do. Apart from beat the shit out of the other men who aren't like us. I don't know. Not beat the shit out of them. But... Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what's it called. I, I do think this latest trend towards calling out sexual abusers has been a fantastic... Um, has been a fantastic movement, personally. Because again, it put holds... The, put the fear in us, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It means that your actions are going to be held accountable. Yeah. And you can't do that. Mm. You know, these these women have been abused are, are daughters, mothers, sisters, aunties. You know, they're all people that are, that are loved and held dear by someone. I think if... I think if every man actually understood that, what you just said, like, it could be your mother. It could be mm-hmm. your sister. Mm-hmm. could be your daughter. Imagine that. Like, no matter how macho and tough you think you are, can you imagine some ill intention going the way of your blood? That's enough. That's enough to make... You, it shouldn't shouldn't be enough for some for you to make you realize it's wrong. But that's the message. That's a good message for for men, I think, or for men to, to be telling other men, because like I, I like we can only like I said I don't really know what to do and I don't really know what to do more. I can't like 
I can't start actively being a, a pro feminist because that's going to start to come at the cost of my own pursuit of being a man, which I take very seriously, and I would encourage other men to be doing as well because mm-hmm. we don't have to take a back seat either. We are all individuals in this race, and we need mm-hmm. to be absolutely pursuing our life fully. Everyone. I think that the best thing we can be doing now is just having that conversation with ourselves. All of us. Yep. And just be going like, don't be one of the dumb cunts. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. It was a good, it, it is a good movement. Eh? I, I, I got a bit taken aback by it because it was just so loud. But it needed to be. Yeah. Fair, it needed to cool. set that statement. Fair and, cool. Fair cool. And for me, you know, as far as I'm concerned, make it louder. Okay. No, and that's my own personal opinion because those fucking pricks out there that think they can use, how do I say, their masculinity. Yeah. And not that masculinity should be frowned upon because yeah. it's a it's a common, it's a common occurring, naturally occurring feature of our of our genetic makeup. Correct. That cannot be challenged. Yes. Right. However, Just as is the the feminine. Absolutely. But these things come with responsibilities. Right? And this is something that should be challenged, upheld and kept. That we're all bound by our own actions and with those actions come consequences. So essentially we need to have responsibility and take ownership of our actions. I love asking guys this. What what does being a man actually mean to you? Like what is what is your manhood about? Like what does it mean? It's an ever-changing question. It does change, doesn't in, it? In today's day and age, it changes more often than it ever has before. Yeah, and it doesn't really get talked about. Like men... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, that's a tough one. I think for the first time tonight, I've actually been rather speechless. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, what does it mean? Not what it meant 10 years ago. What did it mean 10 years ago? I still think I meant 10 years ago to be the leader of the household. Yeah. Set the standard, the breadwinner. Not today, right? No, not so much today. I think, well, obviously we're... I think we're more of an equal playing field. More than ever before. Mm. Right? However, we do have our tendencies to sort of take lead and take charge. But that should be done with intelligence and, in, you know, with intelligent thought as well. Like, we can't just beat our chest and say, I'm the fucking man. Ah, I'll just do what I want. You know, again, we have, uh, I suppose, our masculinity is, is a blessing. It really is. But we have to use it wisely. Don't be like some fucking dumb kind out there that punches a window or headbutts a fucking tree. You're wasting... You're, 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 honestly, you're wasting your... Power. Your power. power. We do have our power. We do have great power, man. And we need to use it effectively. And intelligently. Yeah. I think there's great... I can only speak on behalf of being a man because I am one. But I find great power in myself. And I can only imagine there is an... Uh, equally intense but worlds apart different power that a woman has mm-hmm. and uh, I encourage that 
individual pursuit of both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think men have always had a free reign to do that. Yep. Women haven't. I think they're going to get it now. Now more than ever. Yeah. And I look forward. I look forward to what's coming. I look forward to seeing what happens with women in the next hundred years and what what they have to contribute to the collective consciousness of society. And because I don't know, I've always thought of women as just just nice, you know, just gentle and uh, and quaint. I'm not saying they're not, but no, I think no, that, no, that no. I think that is power. I think that is power. It's power we we don't quite understand as men. We are we're a bit more. As you said, we'll, we'll use it to take charge and maybe uh, take action, whereas action's not always required. Sometimes just some thought and love and some... Household diplomacy. Yeah, man. And Thank again, you. I'm not using household as a means of saying housewives, so don't take that the wrong way. I'm saying it's low-key. Behind closed doors. Yeah, man. Just want to make that disclaimer for all those people out there. That's it, Frankie. Fuck. Um, one more thing I wanted to bring up with you was the the social anxiety in in youth. You brought that up in the message, and that mm-hmm. hit me pretty hard because I had a certain degree of anxiety growing up. Mm-hmm. I think we all do. Oh yeah. And I I don't know what happened. I don't really have too much anxiety now, but I don't think there's a there's a lot there's a lot of structures or foundations to support the youth today I think well I think there's more that's going to be damaging there's, there's more shit out there that's going to draw their attention that's going to fucking damage them mm-hmm. and I do mean like like we didn't grow up with it we didn't grow up oh I grew up and I got an iPhone when I was about 15 and that's when like we were, that was, it was still in fucking beta form it was shit and in terms of connectivity and uh yeah, like social connection. The whole world was only getting used to it then. Mm-hmm. The youth these days are going to be brought into that and that's going to be the established norm. That's their standard. That's the standard. Because we had Nokias and... We had to fucking... Like, 2G networks. Of course, man. We had to oh. press the two button three times to make a C. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Those are the, those are the days to me. Fucking, I, I like that shit. But at least... Uh, maybe there was enough of a barrier to promote being normally social. You know what I mean? Like, mm. whereas now there's to be social. What's the barrier between you texting? You just have to put your thumb on a thing, and then you're into your phone, and then you're you're not only in your phone, you're into the whole world pretty much. You can get, and is that the right structure, or is that what it needs to be hitting the the consciousness of a child today? I don't know, man. That's just one example. Whether it is or it isn't, the fact is that it is here to stay. Oh, fuck. Right? And, and, and that's something that can't It's not going to go away. Okay. No, he, he, See, I'm naive, man. I thought it was one of those things that could just reverse. But no, no. It's a juggernaut. And it, will, and it will cease to disappear as much as we may detest it at times. I fucking hate it. Right? Collect or essentially or conversely, I think it should be embraced. However, we should change the attitude of it. Yeah, and, that's, and, and that's my idea to a lot of things. Of course, attitude is, is such an important and missing word today. But yeah, go on. Change the attitude behind it. Responsible use. You know, there are 
the amount of times you use it, social situations in which you use it, there should be, again, whether I doubt whether this will ever be taken on, but ideas of etiquette. When is a phone socially acceptable to use? When do you think? Not as often as it is now, <laughs> I can tell you. What are some examples of times that they definitely shouldn't be used? Fuck, dude, you go out, you know, you try and go out for dates at least once a fortnight, right? You see couples actively, I mean, on a table, actively hoeing into their phones. Both of them. Yeah. Seats apart. We've lost that art of human interaction, right? Little things like that. Even, what's it called, people, I mean, you see kids, you know, even their formative years, not being able to socially develop or hold conversations. Again, that's another worrying point. Well, I, I read an article that said that the, the interaction between the adult or the parent and the child in those formative years is pretty much what sets their social intelligence for the rest of their life. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I I was always talking to my I was talking to everyone as a kid. That was I what I thought I had mm-hmm. to do. I just wanted to find out more. Which is great. I don't don't know if that's What's going on now with with these kids, man? Because I, I I I'm only just judging about this wave. I ha- I'm sorry, I gotta say it. These fucking millennials, they that's what they are. They are millennials. That's that's the next generation. I got I was told I was a fucking Y generation. So, and I don't really know what that means, but no. we just keep na- naming these generations. Well, now we've got millennials, and yeah, to me, what uh, is classified as a millennial is is uh, anyone that was born after like. 2000, I don't know, late 90s, 2000. Um, and I'm not, I don't really care too much about them now. I worry about them in like 20 years, when they're in their 30s and 40s, when their social intelligence, their moral intelligence, their attachment issues start coming to play. Because I had social and moral issues and attachment issues and I had a kind of a, I want to say a normal upbringing. Comparison to what we see today. Yeah, I don't think that's fucking normal, man. I don't, I got to say, I don't think this is how people are supposed to be behaving. Mm-hmm. It's not how they're supposed to be socially interacting. Yep. Interaction for me has always been what we're doing right now, man, which is face-to-face talking. So I can see your eyes, I can see your body language, I can read you. And body, uh, body language is 90% of the communication, so... Mm. If that's missing, that means we're 10% communicating. And if that's in a text-based format or whatever it is, I mean, 100% of shit gets... And 100% of shit gets misinterpreted in text. Oh. Right? Many a fight has been conducted over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that can speak on that. Fucking oath, man. (laughs) Anyone that's in a relationship can fucking attest to that. Ooh. Absolutely. So... What are the repercussions of a poor conditioning to, like, a social intelligence? I think it's going to fundamentally change the way in which people interact, people engage in one another. Also, I think the way in which people deal with certain situations. Good point. Holy fuck, what happens if someone carks it on the street? The iPhone isn't going to help you. 
Like when you're confronted in difficult situations, you're about to be mugged. Getting yourself out of trouble. Yeah. You know, things are, you know, you consider the rites of passage that any teenager will sort of go through. I feel like it's robbed those millennials of some of the mm-hmm. traditional rites of passage that, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I, should, I said the wrong thing before, the normal upbringing, but rites of passage are fundamental. And mm-hmm. when missed, it's no wonder why people turn out the way they do. What are some, what are you, would you say are some of the, the must-have rites of passage? course to a certain point you have to listen to your parents but obviously you you still need to sort of blaze your own trail right challenge authority for at least some point in your life question just question questioning or having the confidence to question of course the right question develop your bullshit filter develop you know what you perceive to be bullshit and what you know what isn't what isn't bullshit yeah Right? You shouldn't just be dummies for whatever's posted on fucking Facebook or on Instagram to be considered gospel truth. Intelligent discussion has gone, it's gone by the wayside entirely. It's absolutely gone. It's been re- replaced by sh- quick gratification, likes, comments. Uh, and anecdotal quotes. Yeah, man. Fuck that. Also, rejection. I mean, I value, I've loved, I love the fact that I know... I was rejected so much in many capacities, not just by women. Fuck, that's not even, that's, that doesn't even bother me anymore. It's more like when I've tried hard and uh, still been rejected. I remember, I, I said this story the other day. When I was in school, or even at soccer, well, I used to play soccer, and you remember, you remember this, you remember that the coach would go, all right, two captains, you pick the teams. And then there'd be two captains, and then they'd start picking one by one. I wasn't always the first guy picked. Actually, I wasn't even the second guy picked. I wouldn't have been the third guy picked or the fourth guy picked. I would have been like the second or third guy picked. Not because I was shit at soccer, but because there was like popularity going on. I actually don't even think I was that good at soccer. There you go. I'll just say it. But it made me think like, okay, I didn't get picked. I've got to do better or I need to improve if I want to be picked. So it was going back to that merit-based system. Mm -hmm. I need to do the work. Whereas today it's like, there's not even the, rejection is not even in the conversation anymore. It's just like instant gratification, instant gratification or, or you can get it elsewhere. Uh, or it, it, it's like, yeah, if, 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 if that person gave, it didn't give it to me, I'll just go there instead. There's none of that like conversation that comes back and goes to the individual Oh, maybe it was me. Maybe I wasn't good enough. Which isn't a bad conversation to be having to yourself. I I think that's a fundamental that needs that, a fundamental rite of passage, mm-hmm. especially in those formative years as well. Otherwise, again, you get to your twenties and your thirties, and you don't know how to handle anything. No, those are the repercussions. And you can't put yourself in a position where you can improve yourself. Or better yourself, or even challenge, you know, your standards to to make yourself, you know, to to make that ascension towards being picked, being accepted for that job, mm. or, for, or even to develop to develop yourself as a person, or even accepted by like by yourself. 
because like in those little conversations I was having with myself as all these kids were getting picked ahead of me was like I was like it's okay it's okay like you you, you might you're not gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get picked last again you're gonna get picked pick second last you're still gonna get a chance to to play prove yourself there like show everyone that mm-hmm. you got what it takes you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's a hard lesson a good lesson it's a lesson that ultimately defines your character and yeah helps you persevere when you are confronted with more challenging situations I think character is a good word characters like the, the, the building of character is uh is I think another thing has been lost to this that generation it's just it's like you can build an identity instead mm-hmm and you can you may not be good at this but hey you can look great on Instagram or you can you can uh, I, I, you can control this digital identity mm-hmm. that isn't you it's what you choose to show but that catches up with you it does it does and it's rather harsh when it does yeah there's nothing like an identity crisis man ooh or like imagine like imagine finding out that you're not who you thought you were and how much that is actually going to hurt it's happened to me like in small doses because I didn't let it get that far but I foresee a big crash and burn mm-hmm. not for me yeah because it's all it is is just unconsciousness it's just where, how you're choosing to allocate your consciousness well if it's not to your own character if it's everything else but your character like your actual character like the very fiber of your being mm. anything but that what the fuck are you doing what are you doing what are you doing god that's that's a tough one you're flopping around you're a fish yeah. out of water. You're gonna yeah. fucking die. You're gonna socially die. Oh yeah, and you see these people being artificially inflated by Facebook likes and you know shares on Instagram and shit like that. And you do worry for the future. You you really do. And for example, I know someone who won't who will remain unnamed. <laughs> Who went through? A Hope you're listening. Who went through a series of suspensions and expulsions at three schools. And the funny thing was, is that this person's parents were adamant that it wasn't that person's fault; that it was the school's fault. Right. Instead of having this person being challenged on their actions and their attitudes, that may have been the leading cause in these preceding suspensions and expulsions. What the parents sought to do was take light away from trying to reprimand this person and try to help them see the light in their ways. But to blame the school entirely justified their actions completely. And you see this person now develop into their early 20s and nothing has changed. So then I, I, I beg to point this out. A, pe- 
parents also playing their part in prolonging this issue. Absolutely. And I, I'd say, again, it stems from fear. Fear of, like, failing their child. And I would even go as further in saying that that's a recognition of failure in themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, again, I think many parents in today's day and age are riding up success, you know, have been as successful as they've ever been. And probably as kids, well, I know this, you know, again, I do quote anecdotally, but I'm just talking from personal experience. You see parents who, through the experiences prior, didn't have the best childhoods. Mm. However, they've now found a way to be at least reasonably successful, attain means that they weren't previously being able to acquire. And they don't want their kids to suffer as they did. So they overdo it. And they overcompensate for that. And I think... The struggle's important. Oh, of course it's important. It's what makes us who we are. And ultimately, it's to the detriment of the development of their own children. Yeah. And by the time they realise, probably it'll be a bit too late, unfortunately. It's funny how overcompensation works. It just... What you yourself lacked, you overdo, which is going to cause a effect on the next generation which will cause an effect on the next generation mm-hmm. it's like there needs to be responsibility on everyone mm-hmm. to internalize rationalize do a bit of work a bit of conscious work everyone I agree with you in that parents thing man and I, I, I told you my mum's a teacher and and I've been to her school and I've seen some of these fucking parents um, they're borderline abusive to the teachers as well. Oh, who, yeah. Who, I mean, you know, teachers, we can probably talk about education for a long, long time as well, but, I mean, the the hide of a parent to, to think that their child is this blessing. Infallible. Infallible blessing. Mm. <laughs> no, that kid is way smarter than all of us, and it's going to keep tricking us because it knows it can get a response out of us. These kids are fucking smart, man. Like, you need to fucking be respectful to these children. They're, they're playing you. They're playing us as well. So you got to be like, you can't just give in. No. And, you know, I'm not a parent. i got no plan on being a parent. And I don't think that disqualifies me from having an opinion on raising a kid. Oh, I'm not a parent at all. What do you mean? You said you have no plan on being a parent. Is this as a Oh, did I? Thing? Did I say that? You just did. No, no, no. I fully... Anytime soon is what I meant to say. Anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> just say, I, I don't want to dig you a hole. But... Yeah, no. No, <laughs> no it's on the cards, mate. And like the reason I'm delaying it is because I got no fucking idea what world I'm bringing that... I'd be bringing that kid into. Mm-hmm. And I want to know a bit more about the world before I do anything like that because that's my investment. That's my, that's my chance to propagate me into the world as well. So I want to be doing that justice. Oh, yeah. There's no calling for me to do that anytime soon. That's all right. (laughs) I think that all comes in good time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Waiting. (laughs) Waiting. Um, But I I don't think that disqualifies me from having an opinion on how to raise a child. Because I I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm a 
I'm a big kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know what I need. And I need, I need support, but I also need a chance to to kind of be in the crucible of challenge. Mm-hmm. And if I need it, I just want to know the support's there. That's a whole different. Uh, that's a whole different framework than overcompensate. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you want to have the support network without ever knowing it's there. Yep. If you can frame that for a child, you're not going to get dickhead, dickhead kids, dickhead people, because those kids grow up. They do. Fuck. Yeah, you see a lot of dickhead kids out there. Yeah, man. Little fuckwits, sorry. They're just little fuckwits. Not all of them, shouldn't say that. No, of course not all of them. <laughs> there seems to be a presiding majority more than there has been previous. Yeah. In years previous. Yeah. Which is rather worrisome. Fuck yeah. These kids are going to be the next bosses. Well, actually, we're going to be their bosses. Yeah, man. They're going to be someone's boss. Yeah. They're going to be someone's teacher. Someone's politician. Someone's lawyer. Someone's doctor, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Those, those are jobs that might not even exist anymore. Who, like, no no kid wants to do that shit anymore. Every kid wants to be a YouTuber or a fucking... Instagram asshole. <laughs> yeah, God. Because the world's in no short supply of those, <laughs> eh? We'll wrap it, man. Yep. Good stuff, mate. Thank you for the talk. It's been a pleasure. It has, man. <laughs> we'll do it again. Oh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, people. And as always... Sort your days out. Sort them out.